We're just going to go before the Lord now in a time of prayer with Lisa. Good morning again, Avalon Church. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for leading us in worship. So thankful for technology to be able to still worship with you all while still being in our homes. But really excited that we're going to be in the building soon. So I'm happy about that. For those who don't know me, I am Lisa. I serve as your children's director here at Avalon Church, and I miss your kids, and I can't wait to see them. I am going to read some scripture, and then I'm going to say a little prayer. So here's, it's 2 Corinthians, it's in, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. The good word. I am going to now say a little prayer. Um, so if we want to bow our heads. Dear God. Thank you, Lord, for our time together this morning and this wonderful day that you have given us. Thank you for the gift of reconciliation. Our prayer is that you grow us to understand this gift you have given us and how you made it possible for us to do this in our lives. I pray that we always remain humble and seek you no matter our faults because we know each day we can fail you. May we always be made new in Christ to be reconciled to you and to be forgiven of our sins through your mercy and through your precious grace. Thank you for loving us, even though sometimes we are not deserving. We love you with all our heart. And all this I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now to Pastor Don. Well, hey, good morning, everyone. I don't know if you heard, but on Sunday, June 14th, we're back in person. Can't wait to see you all. And, uh, you know, I, I've really appreciated the ability to um, be the digital church family, but I tell you what, it's obvious that we were created to be the tangible, in-person, alive with each other church family. And I cannot wait to see you all in a couple of weeks. But if we're moving in back into the building in a couple of weeks, that means we only have a few weeks left in our Uncertain series. And I don't know if you watched pastor john last week as he shared the message but so good you you, you should check it out on our website or uh, on a podcast um wanted to start this morning with a quick story because before coming to avalon church my family we were living in sun prairie which is right outside of madison wisconsin and um we had moved there several years earlier to help this struggling little young church and uh as i was working on my doctorate and so nothing with that church went as expected. And, and long story short, um, I, we realized we moved up there to close this small church and to help those people and care for them as they found other places to connect. And um, quickly, I found myself working as a substitute teacher in the Sun Prairie School System. And um, a few months after that, I found myself being paired with this Spanish intern, Senora Hernandez. She was... Uh, she didn't even have her certification, but she was permanently hired to fill in for another teacher who had left. And uh, but because she wasn't certified, 
by law, she had to have in the room another certified teacher or substitute, regardless of whether they could speak Spanish or not. And so enter Senor Dodge. And all the kids just thought uh, it was awesome because she taught, I graded papers, and worked on my doctorate. And um, over and over, you know, uh, Senora Hernandez, we spent hours together every day, just um, in between classes, after classes, her telling me what to do and all that. And um, you know what I discovered? That in God's kingdom, my job as a substitute teacher was as valuable as my job as a pastor ever has been. See, being a substitute changed my view of how God uses our daily lives for his kingdom. And so here's a question I want you to think about. Where do you spend most of your Christian life? Where do you spend most of your Christian life? I mean, is it the church? And it might be if you're a staff member. But really, is there any difference between your Christian life and your regular life? See, as followers of Jesus, I mean, he's involved in every aspect of our life, right? And where do we spend most of our regular lives? Because that is where he works through us the most. See, I believe that the primary ministry of Jesus's followers happens nowhere near the walls of a church building. But instead, it happens where you work and you live and you play. So what you do for a living, well, as long as it's not illegal or immoral, is so extremely valuable to God. Your job, what you do with most of your time, whether you love it or hate it, whether it's, it's exciting or boring, your job, your vocation, your life is the opportunity for God to use your time and your abilities to bring his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. But I think I think God has imparted to each of us our talents and our skills and our, our job opportunities and our relationships so that he can demonstrate Christ's love through us and participate with us in what God is wanting to do in the world. Now, let me show you what I mean. The Apostle Paul spent a year and a half in the Greek city or the Roman city of Corinth. He invested in the community. He was sharing about what Jesus had done. And many, many people were choosing to follow Jesus. And soon a church was born. And when, when Paul finally left Corinth to continue his ministry starting churches in other cities in the Roman Empire, the Christians in Corinth, unfortunately, quickly returned to that self-centered focus that they had before. They ever chose to follow Jesus. And, and unfortunately, the church was gaining a reputation in the city of Corinth for being selfish and judgmental and hypocritical and closed-minded, things that we have heard even today about the church. See, the church was losing influence in the city of Corinth. And when Paul, you know, when he was away, started hearing how quickly the Corinthians were abandoning the selfless ways of Jesus that he had taught them and that Jesus was teaching them, Paul was devastated. He wrote, he wrote the letter that we call 2 Corinthians to help them understand the purpose of life in Jesus. So if you're watching right now, looking for some purpose in your life, here it is. 
directly from Paul, one of the most influential people in all of history. And he begins 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15, saying these words, And Christ died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. When you choose to follow Christ, you, you recognize that your own way was the path to brokenness and separation from, from God's design for your life. But see, Jesus' death on the cross, as this passage says, it, it provided the means for rescue. Jesus' death paid the penalty for our sin. His resurrection is proof that Jesus was who he said he was, that he is king of God's radically different upside-down kingdom. See, we give our allegiance to Jesus because he created us and designed us for life in him. And Paul continues, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded even Christ in this way, we do so no longer. He says, you know, as followers of Jesus, we don't care how much money people make. We, we don't care what titles they have or what they drive or what neighborhoods they live in. We, we don't care. Value is not based on, on, people, on our brokenness or, or the things that separate us. We don't reject people because they believe differently than us or, 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 or they vote differently than us. We, we don't reject people because they're either straight or gay or struggling with some kind of addiction or, or whether they're homeless or live in a beautiful house in a nice neighborhood. See, we know all people are desired by God. Everyone is invited to the table. We do not look at people with the worldly view anymore. Paul is saying that, yeah, we used to judge people by outward standards, but we don't do so any longer. Even Paul used to think of Jesus that way. He, he thought of Jesus as nothing but a crucified criminal until he met the resurrected Jesus. And, and for Paul, Jesus changed his perspective. Jesus changed everything. See, that's what Paul means in the next verse, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, no matter what you've done, no matter who you've become, anyone in Christ is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. We're new in Jesus. The, the old no longer owns us because Jesus' spirit lives in us. His spirit is continually transforming us. We're, we're no longer in bondage to the sin and the selfishness that, that creates so much damage in our life and in our history. But no, in Christ, we're brand new. And as we submit to Christ, as we follow him, he transforms us to become more and more and more like him. See, that's what the word sanctified means. We are becoming more like Jesus. In Christ, we literally exchange death for life, hopelessness for hopefulness. God is working in us and we'll never be the same. And then what I love about Paul is that he doesn't just leave you with these, these, these concepts. He, he goes to verse 18. He puts feet to what God is doing. He, he gives us this action step. And he says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
and he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. Maybe you need to hear this, but God, he is the initiator. God is the one who offers life. God is the one who invites all of us back to him. We don't have to figure out how to please God. We don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops for God to accept us. No, he took the burden upon himself. He did everything necessary so that we could be right with him and reconciled with him. And now he invites us to come back, to be reconciled and to join him in sharing this, this amazing invitation with everyone else. You see, it doesn't matter how much you failed. God's love is bigger than your failure. His death and his resurrection are more powerful than your failure. And God, he's in the restoration business. And in the same way somebody shared his love with you, we are invited to go and do the same and share with others. He calls us ambassadors. Look at verse 20. He says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Keep that verse up there, Dennis. You, you, are, you are Jesus' invitation to the world to experience God's sacrificial love, to be reconciled with the one who created you, to discover the purpose for which you were designed. That's the invitation. And so here's the question for all of us. Where do you most often rub shoulders with those who need to experience God's love? I mean, is it your job? Is it your school? You know, there's the job, your school, your family. These are some of the most important areas of ministry that exist in your life. This is where you engage with people, the, the people that God is drawing to, to himself. And it's where you model integrity and righteousness and justice in Jesus' name. Your vocation is where you live out the kingdom. It's where you shine in a dark and dying world. You know, whether you're a manager or a stay-at-home parent or a student or whatever, before you go to work each day, pray for eyes to see what God is doing. In the lives of the people around you and in your life, pray, pray for the boldness to join him in what he is doing. Engage in conversations, asking about what really matters in people's lives. Ask questions about their families and the, thing they love, the things they love most. And then when they ask you about the things you love most, share, share, be vulnerable. Share about uh, what, what God is doing in your life. Share about how maybe you joined with your church family to give away food during COVID or how you, you joined with some others to bless these 20 or so graduating seniors. Share about what God is teaching you. And I encourage you, don't force it. Allow conversations about Jesus to occur naturally. Because when you get to know people and you start sharing about the things that you love the most, Jesus comes up often. Ask people how you can pray for them. Make sure you pray for them. Maybe right there, maybe later. See, what I think Paul is saying in this verse, I think he's saying, be a friend who is intentional about loving others. Be Jesus' ambassador. And maybe, maybe you have a couple of other people who love Jesus at work and 
you can ask them to join together, maybe daily or weekly at lunch and talk about what God is doing at work and pray for people who need Jesus and for people who are hurting and, and together meet some needs together and care for people together and invite others to join you. Let me ask you, do you know what Paul did for a living? He was a tent maker. Now, in Paul's culture, tent making was incredibly profitable and strategic because think about it, who needed tents? The Roman military, sailors who needed fabric for their sails, merchants who, who needed tents for their stalls in the market, and travelers who, who needed them for long trips. Virtually every segment of society needed tents. And so Paul, he utilized his skill to build relationships with people, to build credibility through his, through his integrity and through the quality of his craft. See, Paul understood he had a greater purpose. Yeah, he had skills to make tents. He had abilities, but he understand that God wanted to use all of these things because he had found life with Jesus and he wanted to share that life with everyone else. See, it's the greatest calling in the world. It's a calling that changes people's world, just like it changed your world and just like it changed my world. So will you pray that God opens your eyes to see your vocation? Again, whether you go off to work, whether you work at home, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you're a student, would you pray that God opens your eyes to see what you do in your life the way he sees it? Will you pray that God gives you boldness to go and to love others in Jesus' name and to ask questions and to offer to pray for people and their concerns and to just be a friend in Jesus' name? Now, I want to invite you this week to be thinking on this topic, okay? And so uh, I want to invite you to join me in a version devotion, maybe spur some thought about this idea. But there is a, a devotion um, about sharing Christ at work that you can find at avalonchurch.org slash workdevo. If you go to that link, you'll be able to sign up to join me in the four-day devotion. Now, you can find that on, the we on our website. Just go to the uh, Grow Resources and that's the first link that pops up. Would love for you to join me. And, and maybe as you're watching, you know, God is moving in your own heart. Maybe as you hear about Paul's being reconciled to Jesus and my being reconciled to Jesus and to so many people who have, we've been reconciled to Jesus, maybe he's moving in your heart to be reconciled to him. Because our invitation is Paul's invitation. And he stated it in verse 20. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That no matter what you've done or what you've become, God, because of what Jesus did on the cross, desires to make you the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? I'd love to invite you to follow Jesus, to, to be reconciled to God. So would you, let's all pray together. Um, because Jesus, we, those of us who have chosen to follow you, we do need boldness. And we need your eyes to see our lives as you do. Sometimes our jobs can be so humdrum or so tedious or boring or, you know, just the same every day. But God, you're desiring to use us, whether it be in the workplace or the school home, whatever. You desire to use us to be your, your representative, your ambassador, to help people find life and reconciliation with you. Give us the courage and boldness 
to see how you see and to do what you say. The Lord, I really want to pray for those who are hearing this message and they maybe they've just they don't feel like they've ever been reconciled to you. They've never chosen to follow Jesus and they're wondering what what's the point and and God, I pray that you stir in their heart right now drawing them to yourself. Our sin has separated us, but you have taken care of our sin by dying on the cross. And now you invite us to life. I pray, Lord, right now that those who are listening, they have the courage and boldness to um, look beyond themselves to you and to follow you and to give their allegiance to you because in you, that's where life is found. And so Jesus, we choose to follow you today. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you have chosen to follow Jesus, or maybe you even have questions about what that means, I would love to walk in that journey with you. Would you please let me know? You, you can email me at don at avalonchurch.org, or you can text the word life to the number on your screen, and, and I will get that, and I'll be able to contact you. But there is no greater joy as a pastor than to walk with people in, in, in answering questions and, and choosing to follow Jesus and then taking those next steps. I would love to do that with you. God is up to something. I believe that COVID happened, but God is not going to waste this opportunity. I, I know it, and I see him working in people's lives uh, more right now than I've seen in a long time. And um, I can't wait to see what God does as he brings us back together, because I have a feeling we're going to have a very different perspective on what it means to be a follower of Jesus and his family. I love you guys. Let's continue worshiping with Pastor Mike.
Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Whom you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah, in you there's life everlasting. In you there's freedom for my soul. In you there's joy, unending joy. In you there's life everlasting. In you there's freedom for my soul. In you there's joy, unending joy. I will follow. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Whom you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you, whom you love, I love, how you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you, yeah, I will follow you, yeah, I will follow you, yeah, I will follow you. And now we're going to take time to share communion with one another. Thank you, Josh, Mike, Tani, and Maricia for leading us in an incredible time of worship. Appreciate you all so much. And Dennis Sink, behind the scenes, coordinating all of what you see online. Thank you so much. I'm Pastor Jim, and I'd like to uh, ask you to allow me to lead you in a time of communion. If you haven't already, would you please take a moment and uh, get some bread and some wine or juice or water or whatever so that we can just share together as the body of Christ, one in the spirit. Can you believe it's Memorial Day? <laughs> Memorial comes from the word memory or remembering. You know, God understood that sometimes we're kind of short on the memory thing. If you go back and look at the book of Joshua, as Joshua was leading the nation of Israel, finally, after being rescued dramatically out of Egypt by God, finally across the Jordan River in the promised land. And one of the instructions that God gives to Joshua and Joshua then to the leaders is the ahead of every tribe, as you go through the dry river basin, pick up a rock. And, and bring those 12 stones to the other side of the promised land and stack them for a forever memorial. And then Joshua goes on to say, and when your children are with you and you go by that stack of rocks and they say, what do those rocks stand for? Teach your children all that God has done for you.
Memorial Day for us is very much the same. It's a, it's a time to remember because we haven't gotten very good memories. Memorial Day actually began right after the end of the Civil War, uh, although it wasn't institutionalized until a few decades ago. Right after the Civil War, there is accounts of freed slaves who in the incredible experience of freedom understood that it came at the cost of others who had died and fought and died. And so they went to the cemeteries and, and decorated the, the gravestones, the tombstones of those who had sacrificed. There were so many deaths after the Civil War that that was when the government had to institution or, or begin national cemeteries. And so for all those years since, come at the end of May, the nation is called to pause and think about those who have given the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have and enjoy the freedoms that we do. Some of you are going to go to the beach tomorrow. I'm aware of that. It's going to be a great day at the beach. Please do all that social distancing stuff. But I really would want to encourage you as you're sitting there on the beach to think of another beach, a beach in France called Normandy. I would like for you in a moment of remembrance there to realize that those people, those men and women gave their bodies. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be in that landing craft bouncing and crashing towards the shore and then to have to wade perhaps chest deep through that frigid water to get to the shore and, and having bullets and, and bombs going off all around you? giving your body for the freedom and the liberty of those back home. And so many ultimately giving their blood, their lives for the freedom that you and I experience. I think on Memorial Day that those who have passed before in that, that great effort to purchase our liberty and freedom would, yeah, I think they probably want you to remember them. And we do. But I think knowing the nature of those people like my Uncle Glenn, I think they would want us to say, hey, please remember what we did so you can value what you have. And that's what Memorial Day is going to be all about. Well, I think Jesus understood that we have short memories too. And so he instituted a, a memorial, a, a way to help us remember that he gave his body and he gave his blood for the ultimate purchase of freedom and liberty. And so that's what we're remembering today. So would you please take the bread? And again, Jesus said this bread represents my body, the body that went through everything you're going through, experiences all the things you're experiencing. This body that was brutalized before a cross and then hung on a cross. And just like Don had read earlier in the scripture, you know, that was out of love for you and I. Jesus says, please don't, remember, please don't forget, every time you do this, remember how much I love you. Remember the result, value the freedom that I am purchasing for you. So Jesus, we do. We remember you this morning. Let's partake together.
and then the cup, Jesus again said, after my body was brutalized, ultimately I shed my blood for you. And that's a good thing because with it comes the forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal life and a brand new relationship with God the Father through the way prepared by my blood. Jesus, we do remember you. Thank you. Let's partake. Pray with me, please. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being the ultimate warrior who fought a battle beyond all of our comprehension at the incredible and ultimate cost of your life because you love us. We don't understand it. We can't comprehend it. But Lord, we thank you for it and ask you to do in us just what Don was talking about. Help us take that very message, take that that freedom that we have in and let others know and share it. Jesus, let us represent you well as you demonstrated your love for us. Thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope after the service you'll take a moment to check out the Avalon Kids worship video. You can find it on Facebook or YouTube. It's always a great half hour for the kids, O-N, for adults that think like kids. Next Sunday, right after church, right after the online service, about 10.30, there's going to be an online Discovering Avalon class. Uh, Zoom went down last Sunday, so we're, we had to reschedule it. So it's going to be this coming Sunday, May the 31st. You can sign up at avalonchurch.org slash discover. encourage you to do that. Talking about things going down Wednesday, the AT&T feeder coming into Florida got chopped by some construction crew, and sure enough, the James study limped. But we're going to be back because the lines are repaired, and uh, we're going to share again Wednesday evening. I hope you'll join us for that. I hope you saw the video Thursday that Jennifer and Mauricio uh, shared with us about the drop and go and the take and go and the outreach that y'all as Avalon Church are having in the community. That continues. I hope you'll be a part of that. And Don mentioned a, a number, put it up on the screen earlier, 407-559-8210. He talked about texting the word life to let him know that you've placed your faith relationship in Jesus or you have some questions. I'd encourage you to type the word, text the word new if you just want us to know you joined us for the first time and would like to know more about Avalon Church. Do you have a prayer request, something you would like the church to pray for? Type the word, text the word prayer to 407 559-8210. And finally, that's the way you can get to the Give module. Yeah, we appreciate your generosity through all of this season, all that you've done to make sure that the word of Jesus Christ is spread to our community. I hope you have a safe and enjoyable Memorial Day. And please, by all means, in the midst of it all, take time to remember. And wherever you are and whatever you're doing, let your light shine for Jesus. We love you and we look forward to seeing you again as soon as possible. God bless you. Have a great week.